everyone, it's Jules. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. While there are not many tourist traps, and I said that with quotations in Iceland, there are certainly things worth avoiding or at least knowing what you're getting into so you can make an informed decision. The five tourist traps in Iceland that I'll be sharing in this particular episode are the most common ones you'll encounter. Before I jump into it, I want to give a quick shout out, though, to a recent review of the All Things Iceland podcast. And this is from a person who labeled himself Blue Harp Player. And the subject is, wish this show was done for every country. That would be amazing, in my opinion. And inside of the description, they say, we are heading to Iceland in one week. So February 15th of this year. And this podcast has been so interesting and informative. Well done at all levels. Thank you very much, Blue Harp Player, for that review. If you are enjoying the show, feel free to leave a review. It helps others to get an understanding of what they can expect to hear. And you might even get a shout out in one of the episodes. All right, on to the first tourist trap. And one of the worst, in my opinion, at least, are fake Icelandic sweaters. Some shops have been selling sweaters with similar patterns to what's called a lopa pesa. That's the official name of an Icelandic sweater. But the fake ones are made in China and are not made with Icelandic wool or could be made with like leftover wool. So in 2020, the term lopa pesa was protected by law. So parliament passed a law regarding it because there were so many shops that were selling fake ones. And the places selling real ones wanted to be able to distinguish between those. So just to give you an idea, the criteria for an Icelandic sweater to officially be called or labeled a lopa pesa are the following. Basically, the wool that is making the sweater has to be cut from an Icelandic sheep. Only new wool, so it's considered virgin wool, should be used as material for the sweater you can't use recycled wool or wool that's like leftover in essence from some other project. The sweater has to be knitted from unspun wool such, and this is like if you're into knitting, you'll know about some of these, but some of them are called plotu lope wool or like a thinner one, let lope. There's even another one called aula fos lope. And if you hear lope, that's part of lopa pesa, the name. Next is the sweater has to be knitted in a circular knitted yoke. So for those who are knitters, they again understand that if you don't, totally fine. With patterns and shapes or pattern benches from the shoulder area to the neck, the sweater also has to be hand knitted in Iceland and has to also be knitted in a circular without stitches, which pretty much means that you're not supposed to like sew the sweater together and lastly, the sweater has to be open in front or whole. So it can't just have like different areas where in the back it's open or something like that. These are the criteria for it. And so my advice is to always look at the label of an Icelandic sweater in question to see where it's made. If it doesn't say that on the sweater, then ask the shop assistant or attendant wherever you are. Stores like the Icelandic Hand Knitting Association they have knitters from around the country that they employ to make their sweaters. Their sweaters have the name of the knitter on the tag most of the time. I, from the ones at least that I have, they have the name of the person who knit them. 
which I think is pretty cool to see like Helga <laughs> who knit it. And they also have two brick and mortar stores in Reykjavik. So you can go there and try on different variety of sweaters if you want to. It's not sponsored by them, just sharing where you can get them. Great place to buy Icelandic sweaters online is called the Iceland Store. I will have links to both of those shops in the show notes of this episode at allthingsiceland.com forward slash Iceland dash tourist dash traps. If you find yourself wanting to buy an Icelandic sweater, whether you're in the country or in your home country and want to have it shipped there. Another thing to look out for regarding fake Icelandic sweaters is they will more than likely be less expensive than the real one. It's pretty normal for an Icelandic loba pesa to cost $200 or more. The high quality material, of course, the craft of making the sweaters, the time it takes, and the fact that they last a long time, many years, even decades. I know some people have had their sweaters for like 30 years. It makes it worth it, at least to me. And it's a great gift. They're really beautiful. I have six of them and counting. I'm always planning on getting more Icelandic sweaters because they're so beautiful. But that is at least something of a tourist trap for sure to look out for because you might think that you're getting an, an authentic sweater, but in reality, you're getting something different. And if you're okay with getting one that is not authentic, that's a different story. But but it is uncommon for some visitors just to not know what to look for and they end up buying the fake one. Next are puffin shops. So potential culprit of selling these fake aesthetic sweaters are... These types of stores that are nicknamed puffin shops, and that's because they usually have a lot of little puffin figurines that are there. They sell knickknacks, like little statues and things that are mass produced in China. And this post is not meant to say like, hey, things shouldn't be produced in China. It's more about if people are looking for things made in Iceland or at least designed in Iceland, then it's worth considering the fact that like little t-shirts that they sell or statues or plastic Viking helmets, more than likely they were not made here. They were made somewhere else and they're not specifically unique. And there are a decent amount of these shops on Lorevejr, Iceland's famous shopping street, which a lot of people walk down. So it's a good chance that if you are downtown, you're going to come up against some of these shops and see in the window like, oh, they have, you know, statues or whatever else and go in and possibly buy something. That is totally up to you. But just know that... If you want something unique that was made in Iceland or at least designed here that, like I mentioned, is Loba Pesa, but there's also a shop called Kirsuberia Trieth. And yeah, I know it <laughs> sounds intense. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And it's a shop that sells handcrafted jewelry, apparel, and home decor made by local designers. That is in the downtown area. So at least it's something that you can go to. And I'm not at all saying that it is the only one. There are many other places where you can buy things that were uniquely designed in Iceland. In particular, there's some artists who sell things from like their own studio or shops. I'm collecting a longer list for a future episode because I do think people are super interested in being able to find, buy art. And actually, Galleriath. I'll remember to put that in the show notes. It's a gallery where you can get some or buy Icelandic art or art from Icelandic artists, is what I'm trying to say, or local artists. And my mom actually just bought a painting not too long ago when she was visiting in January. So they're in, at that specific gallery. She just kind of fell in love with it. So there are definitely different options. Like I mentioned, I'm putting that list together. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever 
you're listening to this on whatever platform it is so you don't miss out on when that episode is published because it will at least give you a lot of different options to choose from because everybody has different tastes, different interests. And it will include like clothing, artwork, things of of that nature. Next is something called near beer. And if you're fairly new to the podcast, you might not know that alcohol and beer in the country are sold almost exclusively by the Icelandic government in stores called Vínbúðins. What I mean by them being exclusive is that there are no other liquor stores that you can that can sell you like a six-pack of beer or a bottle of wine. While you can buy alcohol from restaurants and bars with liquor licenses, you're not going in there and buying like bottles and bottles. That's normally, well, unless you want to pay a ridiculous amount of money. But, oh, actually breweries, they can sell as of recently directly to their customers, but just their beer. So you have to go to a vin booth in if you want a variety of alcohol to choose from. The only exception, of course, to this is uh, the duty-free shops, but you're only allowed to buy a certain amount. Whereas like if you were to go to a vin booth in, you can buy as much alcohol as you can pay for but in duty-free, it's like maybe you can buy three bottles of wine and one bottle of vodka or something. Like they do have a limit to it. I'm mentioning all of this because there is a good chance, and I've actually heard stories of this, people telling me, that they went into an Icelandic food shop. Let's take Kronan, for instance, and all of them have this. And you get super excited because you see what looks like beer. And it can lead you to then go, oh my gosh, maybe they decided to start selling beer in the grocery stores in Iceland. If you look at the alcohol content, you'll see that the beer might be like 2.5% or less. It's what's nicknamed near beer because it tastes like beer, but it's essentially non-alcoholic. And there are plenty of people who like to have near beer or non-alcoholic beer but if that's, that wasn't what you were looking for to buy and you bought by mistake and you get home and are disappointed by it, that's unfortunate. You know, so I'm just letting you know in advance to check out the actual label and how much the alcohol content is on there. So you could just know what you're buying. Plus, like I mentioned, it looks like a regular beer can and everything else. So it's very easy to just assume that what you're getting is regular beer. Alcohol in Iceland is heavily taxed. So one way to lessen the cost is to buy it at duty-free and then utilize the happy hours here. Of course, you can also bring a bottle or two of your own, especially hard liquor. The higher the alcohol content here, the more it is taxed. That is the key. So of course, you can always go to the state-owned stores, the Vinbudins I mentioned, if you need something else. But you might be shocked, sticker shock actually, if you see that buying a bottle of Jack Daniels can cost you almost $80. And it, it depends on the exchange rate, of course. But this does happen. It has happened. And people are not too excited about that or didn't care. I mean, it kind of just depends on your budget. But I think most people would feel like that's a bit much. Number four is bottled water. So the top water in Iceland is simply exquisite. So good. Honestly, it has made drinking water in every other country difficult because it is so delicious. Okay, well, Greenland has amazing water as well. And what the two of those have in common is that they have glaciers and their water is coming from those huge chunks of ice that cover massive parts of the country. Well, to be fair, Greenland is covered like 80% in ice and Iceland around 11%, but that 11% in Iceland is still enough to get some amazing water. 
And while I understand that some people drink bottled water at home, it is completely unnecessary to do that in Iceland. Buying bottled water is just an extra expense that's not necessary. And it is the tap water. It's literally the tap water. So it's it's 100% like unnecessary, bad for the planet in terms of plastic use. And yeah, it's one of those things where I'm surprised grocery stores even carry it. But such is life. My recommendation is to bring a reusable bottle and fill it up via the tap or even running streams out in the countryside because you can get delicious water pretty much anywhere as long as the stream is running. I wouldn't go for one that is still because who knows you know, what's been in it. And last but not least on the list is taking a taxi from the airport. So I wouldn't call this as much of a trap as it's just that it's easy to assume that the cost of it will be a lot less than what it is. When you take a taxi from the airport, according to exchange rate, it's about $126 from Keplavik to downtown Reykjavik. If you're going farther than Reykjavik, expect to pay more. It's a 45-minute drive, just to give you an idea. For some, that might not be an issue, and you go, I don't care, I'm going to spend my $126 and take the taxi. But I know there are people who they're budgeting and honestly just don't think it makes sense to pay $126. Fair enough. There's currently no Uber, Lyft, or car ride sharing program here. So that isn't an alternative. Of course, besides knowing someone who lives here who can pick you up, most people aren't going to hitchhike. But people do it, for sure. Or getting your rental car, which you can get at the airport, like it's delivered to you there. Their other option is the fly bus which is about $26 for, per person from the airport to the bus terminal called BSI. And, but in Iceland, I guess it's called BSE. But BSI is what you will see on your screen. And there on that bus, it's like free Wi-Fi, which I think is a nice add-on. If you choose a different drop-off location than the bus terminal in the city, like near your accommodation, the price goes up to $33 per person. The stops are often hotels or bus stops nearby or as close as you can, you know, to where you're staying. Much less expensive option to a taxi, of course, uh, if there's only two of you. So if it's just one person or two people or adults or say like a family or something like that, it ends up being that it's an economical way to travel. But I do have to point out that let's just say you have a group of four adults and you're planning to split things. The taxi, which is 18,000 Icelandic, so like I mentioned, $126 when you convert it as of today's exchange rate, because that could change tomorrow, next week, in a month, a year, or whenever you listen to this. For the ride, if you split that, then it ends up being actually, for the four of you, for each of you, $31 a person. That is actually less than the drop-off near your location per person by Flybus. Just something to consider. Once you go above four people, though, the price significantly goes up and then it would, again, not be as economical unless it's like eight adults. So it seems the key number is four adults for it to get less than the fly bus. So, yeah, plan accordingly. And, and the trap, like I mentioned, is, is that people don't know the cost and they just might instinctively take a taxi because maybe they're from other places where taking a taxi is not that expensive or getting a ride in, you know, some type of service like that. It's not that expensive. And then the sticker shock of it when you get to your location, you're just like, holy crap. And if you're not familiar with the conversion rate, 
you might just like, okay, 18,000, sure. And you think it's no big deal. And then you like see it come out of your bank. You're like, what? $126? Yeah, all that can be avoided. And expectations can be managed just by knowing this. For the random fact of the episode, and this is from an article from Iceland Review. So in December 2014, the Icelandic parliament enacted what's called the Product Names Protection Act, which allows for the protection of product names on the basis of their origin, territory, or traditional uniqueness. These laws are often men manifested as designation of origin and it's pretty widespread in Europe where they are often applied to like artisanal products such as French cheese or Spanish ham. The product name to receive such protection in Iceland was the first one is Icelandic lamb which was protected in 2019 and then as I mentioned the Lova Pesa, Icelandic Lova Pesa in 2020. The Icelandic word of the episode is of course tourist trap, because that's what we're talking about. And it is turista gildra. Turista gildra. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening.